Fighters the Lover and the Fighter Podcast with Josh Cohen and Dean Thomas. It is indeed the Lover and the Fighter Podcast with me, Brother Love, Josh Cohen, and he, Fighter Dean Thomas. It's been 20 some days since we recorded one. Dean, that's how you can really tell how important this is to us and how well we're paid to do this. <laughs> well, it's not really that. I mean, to be fair, I mean, it, we had a lot going on. We did. We enjoy doing this. We yeah. do it because we love it. That's the only reason we do it. But it goes to show you how important it is in the priorities of things. It is the Lover and the Fighter podcast. Brother Love, as I mentioned, fighter would be DT, the new king of all media. Before we get started, and there's a lot to get to in just the 17 or so minutes today, we've got to look ahead to Tyron Woodley, your fighter who you've known since day one. You've been his A1 since day one. And Jake Paul, this coming Sunday night from the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland, Ohio. I'll be there. You may or may not. Saturday night, UFC Fight Night, Barboza Chikese. You'll be there in Vegas on pre-show, post-show on the desk, etc. Before we get into all of that, a little bit of name drop. We're taping on Wednesday in advance. You had to cover on satellite radio today for... Misha Tate, is that right? Yeah, I did. She was having some technical issues, and they called me and said, hey, man, can you cover for her? I said, don't worry. I I keep it ready, man. I got it in the car, man. Let's go. Like I always say, if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. That's right. right. That's right. And but normally, though, when you are going to fill in for someone on the SiriusXM Fight Nation satellite show, uh, for those that don't know, Dean does the satellite radio with XM Sirius and the Fight Nation. He and I do the home team weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN, on the ESPN app and on smart speakers via ESPN West Palm in South Florida. But normally when he's filling in for someone, you don't mention who it is or what it is, but you went out of your way today to be like, yes, I'm going to cover for Misha Tate. Like, you spelled her name perfect and everything. <laughs> and I capitalized it and everything. That's what I'm well, saying. I wanted to give her her, her her due, her proper due, because... You know, she just came out of retirement after having a baby and yeah. won her fight. So I wanted to make sure she got her proper due. Well, listen, if you, you know your boys at SiriusXM, if they want to swap co-hosts, I'll, we can work a deal. And me should come do the daily radio with me. And then you can go <laughs> do whatever it is in place of her. I'll take her anytime. You can have her, especially especially if we trade to pay, too. Well, in that case, that's a different thing altogether. <laughs> All right, let's get started. Before we get into the weekend ahead, and it will be UFC Fight Night, Saturday Night, Barbosa, Chikese, and then Sunday night is another one of these circus fights, but it does involve your fighter, Tyron Woodley, who you've coached and cornered since the very beginning um, against Jake Paul, the younger of the Paul brothers, but the more accomplished, if you will, of the boxers. And by accomplished, I mean he's got three fights, three <laughs> And we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. Conor McGregor back in the headlines, back in the news, and continuing to tweet things that he regrets and then deletes or continues to put his nose in places doesn't need to be and weigh in with his two cents where it isn't necessary. He continues to be seen hanging around the pool at the Beverly Hills Hotel as opposed to at his home with his wife and his kids. And I got to tell you, I spotted this early on and I told you there is an identity crisis going on with Conor McGregor and this destructive behavior continues. And as it is right now, it's okay because it's just dumb words on Twitter. But, Dean, it feels like, again, from an outsider's perspective, with a background in psychology and human behavior, it feels like Conor McGregor is kind of calling out and crying out for either some help defining his identity or for people to recognize him as someone 
that wants to be thought of and believed to be one of the baddest men on the planet today, but that's just not the case. Yeah, I mean, that's spot on, really, because you're right. He's, he's definitely having an identity crisis, and I think he just wants people to tell him how great he is because that's what he's, that's what he's been used to for the last you know three or four years. And now, well, not even prior to that, but now it's like, you know, he can't get a win, can't catch a break, except for in his ankle, and things have just been sour for him. So, yeah, he's lashing out, trying to get attention any way he can, hoping that somebody can validate his existence, and to me, it's just pathetic. It's sad is what it is for me because, again, with a background in psychology and human behavior, I know where this stems from. I know what it is. And unfortunately, I know where it's headed, particularly when you're someone who's destructive as Conor McGregor is. I know because of the pink suit guy, for those that don't know, yeah, that's me. I'm that guy. People thought, well, I'm a Conor hater or that I went in to bash him. No, no. You've known since day one that I've been a huge fan of Conor McGregor, of the brand and the storyline of the kid from poverty and welfare who then won enough money to get a custom suit made, who then got super excited about 50 G's and celebrated as such. But what we're seeing right now is... A man who doesn't just want to be the wealthy guy. He doesn't just want to be the one-time great guy. He wants people to fear him and think of him as someone that others just simply don't want to fight. And that's not the case. He's someone they want to fight now because of the paycheck, as well as the fact that he certainly appears to be beatable. Conor McGregor is in his early 30s, and he's having an identity crisis. He wanted to be wealthy. He is. He wanted to be famous. He is. He wanted to be a very bad man. He was. And that's the part he's grappling with. And that's why when you see him engaging with Dustin Poirier on Twitter, Connor's talking about how he bounced his head off the mat like a basketball. He'll do it again. It's like, please keep me relevant. Please keep me in your thoughts. Please keep me front of mind. I want to be trending on Twitter again today. I want to be trending on Twitter again today. And when Poirier said, you know, the record between, it, it, Connor replied with, three commas well three commas means i'm a billionaire first of all he's not there quite yet but when you start throwing out things like how rich you are and how big your boat is when people are talking about fight results and recent results as i pointed out connor's won one fight since barack obama was president the last win that he had was cowboy cerrone january 2020 prior to that it wasn't until november of 2016 and i know he took time off into the exhibition boxing and whatnot. But this is a guy with a beautiful family who has all the personality, charm, and charisma. And we're watching him self-destruct, trying to get people to recognize that he's super wealthy. We know that. That he's super famous. We know that. That he's super powerful. We know that. But at the end of it, Dean, doesn't it just seem that what he wants to be is feared? Yeah, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, like as a fighter, like that's the part that's taking over. The fighter in him is taking over and... He wants to be remembered and wants to be saw as a fighter. And that's not what people are seeing him as right now. Yeah. And even is, and not only just a fighter, but the best fighter. No one is seeing him as that. It's just some of it's so childish. It's like when you're on the schoolyard and somebody says something about somebody and they go, yeah, well, my father makes more money than yours does. Yeah. It feels like that. He's talking about, you know, his Lamborghini yacht and three commas. And we, we know all that stuff, but that's a deflective device. Yeah, It'd be like, I'm someone, look who I am. That's what I am. He's really got to embrace the fact that he's a global icon. He is the most significant figure in the history of MMA. He still is the sport's biggest star. And by the way, you don't have to be the best to be the biggest star. Tom Brady's not the best quarterback in football, but he's the biggest star in the game. Right. Conor McGregor is the biggest star in MMA. He's the biggest draw ever for 
television pay-per-view buys and gate in the history of the sport. But right now, he's just not the best, and it's very unlikely he'll ever be the best again. All right, let's move on now to Sunday night. We're going to go out of turn, and then we'll get to UFC Fight Night because you'll be actually on those broadcasts, the pre-show, and then on the desk after. Sunday night, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, Cleveland, Ohio. It is Tyron Woodley, the four-time defending UFC welterweight champion of the world against the kid from the Disney Channel. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't laugh say it every that time way. I say Don't it. say it that way. Don't say it that way. Is it not accurate? It is accurate, but I would, I would like, I would, believe it or not, put some respect on his name. I absolutely am. You watch the kid. He's done the work. He looks the part. He could have been Drago's son in uh, in like a Rocky, you know, like like a Creed spinoff that they did, but he could have been. He looks the part. Yeah. He looks like a boxer. The problem is, Dean Thomas, Jake Paul has three professional fights. In each of those opponents, it was their first professional fight, meaning that his combined professional record is 3-0 and against three fighters that had zero combined fights prior to their boxing match. Yeah, I know. And that's, that's not a good thing, really. And he's, no. never really, he's never been hit. Like, I've never, we've never seen him get hit yet. So no. like, that's the big question. Like, what's he going to do when he gets hit? I think that's a question for all of us, whether we're fighters or you, a former fighter, or myself. Uh, no, not the case. What are we going to do once we get hit? Like Mike Tyson said, everyone's got a game plan until they get punched in the face. Jake Paul looks the part, and he's done the work, and he's trained hard. And yes, he's a professional boxer. How do we say that? Well, he was paid to box in a sanctioned fight under the rules that were unified there of the state of Georgia most recently. But as I mentioned, you and I on the radio yesterday... You know, Ben Askren shows up looking more like Ben Franklin. That's the reality. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. This is the first real test. This isn't a former NBA player who's 37 years old. This isn't Ben Askren who shows up at 37 years of age who looks like dadbod.com. This is Tyron Woodley who, let's be honest, was a brutal killer inside that cage for years. Mm-hmm. Tyron has more <clears throat> title defenses than Jake Paul has professional fights, period. You know, Tyron, you were there when the decline began, and it was against Kamaru Usman. That's when he lost the title, and he has not looked the same since. He hasn't, I don't believe, won a round since. You, you tell me if I'm wrong. I don't remember exactly. You're there. You're his coach. You're his corner. Has Tyron won a round since? Nah, in four fights, he hasn't won a round. So, I mean, obviously, that's a dark time for him. But I think this is completely different. I think it is. This, this is a different setting. It's a different mindset. It's a different sport. So this is a completely different thing. It is completely. What do the people not know or understand about Tyron Woodley that uh, you know that maybe, I mean, because let's be honest here, the, the Vegas line is Jake Paul minus 170 or whatever it is, 160, 165, which to me is utterly ridiculous. It feels like take everything you have, put it on Tyron Woodley, because we must know some things that they haven't figured out yet. Well, one is I think he's being underestimated in terms of his striking because of how he's looked in his last four fights. He hasn't really been able to get off. He looked unenthused. He hasn't been able to throw many punches. So that's, that's a, you know, right there you go, all right, this guy doesn't want to fight. So he's being underestimated in terms of his striking. But mm-hmm. what they don't realize is that the reason why he wasn't really all that enthused about fighting is the training. At, you know, at, at his age, doing all that wrestling and jiu-jitsu, it's, it takes a toll on your body. He just didn't really want to do that. So when he went out in there in them fights, he was just kind of just going through the motions. 
This is different. Now he gets to put shoes on. Now he gets to lace up boxing gloves, and all he has to do is box. Worry about throwing hands, which is a completely different stance, a completely different mindset than MMA. So he, all he just worrying about boxing, that's what Tyron loves to do anyway. That's the only thing I could really get him to do without, you know, trouble in camp before. You want to box? Let's go. I'm always down to box. But in terms so, of, like, wrestling and jiu-jitsu and all that, that's the hardest thing to do. So you're telling us as his coach and his corner throughout – the thing that he actually enjoyed doing in training, the thing that he wanted to do in training was, was striking, was boxing. Yes. And I'm, I'm with you on this. <clears throat> it's different. It's a different sport. It's a different game. And if he couldn't get around to letting his hands loose in those other fights, well, guess what? In this one, he doesn't have to worry about anything other than that. No grappling, no wrestling, nothing beneath the waist, not checking any kicks, all he, this is just throwing hands. That's all this is, right? Yep. That's what boxing is here. So he gets to not have to concern himself with any of the other stuff. Do you think he'll have a difficult time remembering or focusing on just, hey, all I got to do is? Or has there been enough training in between that he's well aware of what this is as a fight? There's, he's well aware of what this is. I mean, you know, even with all that other stuff, I mean, I think he was like had to process everything because he really wanted to box. And I think this gives him the opportunity to do just exactly what he wanted to do. He's, he's in a better mind state. He's happy now. He, and another thing, too, he don't have to cut weight, a ton of weight. Like before, he's probably about 200 pounds now. Yeah. He had to cut 30 pounds to make the weight. That is grueling. That's gruesome. And it's hard on your body. It's hard on you mentally. This time, he don't have to cut it. He don't have, probably have to cut no weight at all. He can just go in and show up the way he would show up to a practice. This is a great opportunity for him. I like Tyron to win this, and I like Tyron to win this by KOTKO. How about you? Uh, me too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I will be with these boys, by the way, at the uh, well press conference and then at the weigh-in and such. I'll be in Cleveland this weekend. Hopefully you'll join. You'll be in Las Vegas. It is UFC fight night. It is Barboza and Chikese. You are on the pre-show, I believe, correct? Yep, I'm on the pre-show and the post-show. So you're on pre-show on ESPN2 at 5.30 Eastern Time, and then during the fights, if they go to the desk, or then after the fights, if there's time to fill, or then after after fight, you're on the post-show, and that should be also on whatever uh, streaming, whether that's ESPN Plus or ESPN2. All right, are there any fights prior to the main event that you're interested in, or should we just get right to the main event? No, I think that the uh, I think that actually the the, fi- the finale for The Ultimate Fighter is going to be pretty good. I like the fight between Brian Battle and Gilbert uh, Urbina. I think that's a great fight. And uh, I'm leaning towards Brian Battle, but uh, that's, oh, that's a great fight. I think you should pay attention to that one. These fights, by the way, on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Brian Battle, 6-1, uh, and one, he's a minus-160 favorite. That's in the middleweight division. All right, so let's go right then to the main event of the evening. Edson Barboza, who you know pretty well, and the Giga Jacquese, Uh This is a minus-125 differential Barboza, slight favorite, of course, featherweight division, five rounds, main event. Give us some insight here on what looks, at least you know, on paper, to be a pretty good job of matchmaking. It's a great job of matchmaking between two kids kickboxers that are not really going to be concerned with getting taken down in this fight now here's the thing though Edson Barbosa has had trouble with guys putting pressure on him walking him down taking him down or just putting pressure on him and running through his punches that's not the type of kickboxer that Giga Chikese is Giga is an outside guy which I think favors Barbosa so now you're going to see a real technical kickboxing match I think with the small gloves and how much power that Edson Barbosa has, it gives him the advantage in this fight against a guy who's actually a more decorated kickboxer. 
How about that? So Dean Thomas is going with the slight favorite, Edson Barboza. Again, a fighter you know well. This will be, by the way, his 31st professional fight. 22-9, and nine, uh, significant experience, more than twice that of the uh, Chikese record of 13-2. and two. All right, so you're going to go slight chalk in this main yeah, event. Yeah, I'm going slight chalk. All right. Listen, have a good time in Las Vegas. Hopefully you'll join us in Cleveland on Sunday. That's right. I'm planning on it. All right. Well, again, we got that spirit flight Monday morning. Cost thirty-two bucks. I'm not joking. It's literally thirty-two bucks to Fort Lauderdale from Cleveland on Monday morning. Oh my goodness! Nonstop. Oh no. But it's also thirty bucks for your bag. So try and you know pack light. Then that's not going to happen. I'm going. I'm taking all kind of suits and things. I'm working this weekend. Well, you have to buy it then for the uh, for the bag then. For Dean Thomas, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening. We will catch you next time for the next episode of the Lover and the Fighter podcast.